thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
Hold your head up high And don't be afraid of the dark At the end of a storm is a
Songs of Praise endeavours to draw your heart, mind and soul to a close relationship with your Saviour, Jesus Christ.
Remember me when the color of a sunset fills the sky. Remember me when you pray in tears of joy fall from your eyes.
If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week. When upon that spills you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done Count your many blessings, name them one by one See what God hath done. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Are you ever burdened with our Lord of care? Does the cross seem Discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you till your journey's end. Count your measure blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your measure blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days And watch the fleeting changes of life's uneven ways But if my Savior calls me to that sweet home on high I'll live with Him forever in glory by and by Oh yes, I'll live in glory, live in glory by and by I'll tell and sing love story, tell love story on high with my dear Redeemer, there no more, no more to die. Oh, yes, I live in glory, glory by and by. I want to be your service along this pilgrim way and lead the lost to Jesus as fervently I pray. As day by day I travel, I'll keep him ever nigh and live with him forever in glory by and by. Oh, yes, I'll live in glory, live in glory by and by. I'll tell and sing a story, tell a story on high. There with my dear Redeemer, there no more to die. Oh, yes, I'll live in glory, glory by and by. The end I know is nearing, by faith I look away. To yonder on supernal, the land of endless day. I'll cling to him forever and look beyond the sky And spend the endless ages in glory by and by Oh, yes, I'll live in glory, live in glory by and by I'll tell and sing the story, tell and stay on high There with my dear Redeemer, there no more to die Oh, yes, I'll live in glory, glory by and by
Christ alone my hope is found He is my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled, when striving cease My comforter, my comforter, my all in all, all here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness. Scorned by the ones he came to save. On that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. darkness slain then bursting forth in glorious day out from the grave he rose again and as he stands in victory since curse has lost its grip on me for I am his and he is mine the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever power of Christ I'll stand I stand I stand I stand The sun comes up It's a new day dawning It's time to sing your song again Whatever singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Chill love and 
you're slow to anger. Your name is great, and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. I'll worship Your holy name. And on that day when my strength is draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise unending ten thousand years and then forevermore bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name Let's
Invite your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise. your eyes to a brand new world like a bloom that's beginning like a flag unfurled and he smiled from above at a baby girl only he could have dreamed of today beautiful shadows smile on his face daughter of heaven 
drenched with his grace. Princess and servant running the race. I wish I'd been there to see the look on his face. As he was dreaming about today. It hasn't always been easy, but the labor is sweet. Like a father so faithful, he's been watching your feet. And he promises always that your heart he will keep. If you keep giving him your today. Beautiful shadow, smile on his face. Daughter of heaven, drenched with his grace. Princess and servant, running the race. I wish I'd been there to see the look on his face. He was dreaming about today. Life stretches before you like a brand new book. May his blood mark the pages everywhere that you look. May your goal be his altar. May his cross be your gain. May you be so consumed that life and death are the same. Beautiful shadows, smile on his face, daughter of with his grace princess and servant running the race I wish I'd been there to see the look on his face beautiful shadows smile on his face daughter of heaven drenched with his grace princess and servant running the race I wish I'd been the look on his face he was dreaming about Crystal fountain 
Where's the healing stream doth flow? Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me on my journey through strong deliverer, strong deliverer, be of still my strength and shield, be thou still my strength and shield. When I tread the fudge of Jordan, bid my anxious fears subside, death of death and hell's destruction, let me set on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever give to Thee. I will ever give to Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. And this is my story. This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long Perfect submission Perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. The angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy and whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, and praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, 
filled with his goodness, lost in his love. And this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Praising my Savior all the day long. ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen White, presents the parables of Jesus in a fresh light, showing their application to Christian living today. In this devotional classic, Ellen White explores the depths of the best-loved teachings of Jesus, offering a deeply spiritual understanding of the parables of Christ as they apply to our lives today. You'll enjoy the practical applications in a way that touches your heart. Listen now as Clive Nash reads. Continuing the chapter, Who is my neighbour? And when the Jews were so filled with murderous hatred against Christ that they rose up in the temple to stone him, they could find no better words by which to express their hatred than, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan, and hast a devil? John 8 verse 48. Yet the priest and Levite neglected the very work the Lord had enjoined on them, leaving a hated and despised Samaritan to minister to one of their own countrymen.
The Samaritan had fulfilled the command, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, thus showing that he was more righteous than those by whom he was denounced. Risking his own life, he had treated the wounded man as his brother. This Samaritan represents Christ. Our Saviour manifested for us a love that the love of man can never equal. When we were bruised and dying, he had pity upon us. He did not pass us by on the other side and leave us helpless and hopeless to perish. He did not remain in his holy, happy home, where he was beloved by all the heavenly host. He beheld our sore need. He undertook our case and identified his interests with those of humanity. He died to save his enemies. He prayed for his murderers. Pointing to his own example, he says to his followers, These things I command you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love another. John 15, verse 17, and John 13, verse 34. The priest and the Levite had been for worship to the temple, whose service was appointed by God himself. To participate in that service was a great and exalted privilege, and the priest and Levite felt that, having been thus honoured, it was beneath them to minister to an unknown sufferer by the wayside. Thus they neglected the special opportunity which God had offered them as his agents to bless a fellow being. Many today are making a similar mistake. They separate their duties into two distinct classes. The one class is made of great things, to be regulated by the law of God. The other class is made up of so-called little things in which the command, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, is ignored. This sphere of work is left to caprice, subject to inclination or impulse. Thus the character is marred and the religion of Christ misrepresented. There are those who would think it lowering to their dignity to minister to suffering humanity. Many look with indifference and contempt upon those who have laid the temple of the soul in ruins. Others neglect the poor from a different motive. They are working, as they believe, in the cause of Christ, seeking to build up some worthy enterprise. They feel that they are doing a great work, and they cannot stop to notice the wants of the needy and distressed. In advancing their supposedly great work, they may even oppress the poor. They may place them in hard and trying circumstances, deprive them of their rights, or neglect their needs. Yet they feel that all this is justifiable because they are, as they think, advancing the cause of Christ. Many will allow a brother or a neighbour to struggle unaided under adverse circumstances. Because they profess to be Christians, he may be led to think that in their cold selfishness they are representing Christ. Because the Lord's professed servants are not in cooperation with him, the love of God, which should flow forth from them, is in a great degree cut off from their fellow men. And a large revenue of praise and thanksgiving from human hearts and human lips is prevented from flowing back to God. He is robbed of the glory due to his holy name. He is robbed of the souls for whom Christ died, souls whom he longs to bring into his kingdom, to dwell in his presence through endless ages. Divine truth exerts little influence upon the world when it should exert much influence through our practice. 
The mere profession of religion abounds, but it has little weight. We may claim to be followers of Christ. We may claim to believe every truth in the Word of God, but this will do our neighbor no good unless our belief is carried into our daily life. Our profession may be as high as heaven, but it will save neither ourselves nor our fellow men unless we are Christians. A right example will do more to benefit the world than all our profession. By no selfish practices can the cause of Christ be served. His cause is the cause of the oppressed and the poor. In the hearts of his professed followers, there is need of the tender sympathy of Christ, a deeper love for those whom he so valued as to give his own life for their salvation. These souls are precious, infinitely more precious than any other offering we can bring to God. To bend every energy towards some apparently great work while we neglect the needy or turn the stranger from his right is not a service that will meet his approval. The sanctification of the soul by the working of the Holy Spirit is the implanting of Christ's nature in humanity. Gospel religion is Christ in the life, a living, active principle. It is the grace of Christ revealed in character and wrought out in good works. The principles of the gospel cannot be disconnected from any department of practical life. Every line of Christian experience and labor is to be a representation of the life of Christ. Love is the basis of godliness. Whatever the profession, no man has pure love to God unless he has unselfish love for his brother. But we can never come into possession of this spirit by trying to love others. What is needed is the love of Christ in the heart. When self is merged in Christ, love springs forth spontaneously. The completeness of Christian character is attained when the impulse to help and bless others springs constantly from within, when the sunshine of heaven fills the heart and is revealed in the countenance. It is not possible for the heart in which Christ abides to be destitute of love. If we love God because He first loved us, we shall love all for whom Christ died. We cannot come in touch with divinity without coming in touch with humanity. For in Him who sits upon the throne of the universe, divinity and humanity are combined. Connected with Christ, we are connected with our fellow men by the golden links of the chain of love. Then the pity and compassion of Christ will be manifest in our life. We shall not wait to have the needy and unfortunate brought to us. We shall not need to be entreated to feel for the woes of others. It will be as natural for us to minister to the needy and suffering as it was for Christ to go about doing good. Wherever there is an impulse of love and sympathy, wherever the heart reaches out to bless and uplift others, there is revealed the working of God's Holy Spirit. In the depths of heathenism, men who have had no knowledge of the written law of God, who have never even heard the name of Christ, have been kind to his servants, protecting them at the risk of their own lives. Their acts show the working of a divine power. The Holy Spirit has implanted the grace of Christ in the heart of the savage, quickening his sympathies contrary to his nature, contrary to his education, the light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world is shining in his soul, and this light 
if heated will guide his feet to the kingdom of God. The glory of heaven is in lifting up the fallen, comforting the distressed. And wherever Christ abides in human hearts, he will be revealed in the same way. Wherever it acts, the religion of Christ will bless. Wherever it works, there is brightness. No distinction on account of nationality, race or caste is recognized by God. He is the maker of all mankind. All men are of one family by creation, and all are one through redemption. Christ came to demolish every wall of partition, to throw open every compartment of the temple that every soul may have free access to God. His love is so broad, so deep, so full, that it penetrates everywhere. It lifts out of Satan's circle the poor souls who have been deluded by his deceptions. It places them within reach of the throne of God, the throne encircled by the rainbow of promise. In Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. All are brought nigh by his precious blood. Whatever the difference in religious belief, a call from suffering humanity must be heard and answered. Where bitterness of feeling exists because of difference in religion, much good may be done by personal service. Loving ministry will break down prejudice and win souls to God. We should anticipate the sorrows, the difficulties, the troubles of others. We should enter into the joys and cares of both high and low, rich and poor. Freely ye have received, Christ says, freely give, Matthew 10 verse 8. All around us are poor, tried souls that need sympathizing words and helpful deeds. There are widows who need sympathy and assistance. There are orphans whom Christ has bidden his followers receive as a trust from God. Too often these are passed by with neglect. They may be ragged, uncouth, and seemingly in every way unattractive, yet they are God's property. They have been bought with a price and they are as precious in his sight as we are. They are members of God's great household, and Christians as his stewards are responsible for them. Their souls, he says, will I require at thine hand. Sin is the greatest of all evils, and it is ours to pity and help the sinner. But not all can be reached in the same way. There are many who hide their soul hunger. These would be greatly helped by a tender word or a kind remembrance. There are others who are in the greatest need, yet they know it not. They do not realize the terrible destitution of the soul. Multitudes are so sunken in sin that they have lost the sense of eternal realities, lost the similitude of God, and they hardly know whether they have souls to be saved or not. They have neither faith in God nor confidence in man. Many of these can be reached only through acts of disinterested kindness. Their physical wants must first be cared for. They must be fed, cleansed, and decently clothed. As they see the evidence of your unselfish love, it will be easier for them to believe in the love of Christ. There are many who err and who feel their shame and their folly. They look upon their mistakes and errors until they are driven almost to desperation. These souls we are not to neglect. When one has to swim against the stream, there is all the force of the current driving him back. Let a helping hand then be held out to him as was the elder brother's hand to the sinking Peter. 
Speak to him hopeful words, words that will establish confidence and awaken love. Thy brother, sick in spirit, needs thee, as thou thyself hast needed a brother's love. He needs the experience of one who has been as weak as he, one who can sympathize with him and help him. The knowledge of our own weakness should help us to help another in his bitter need. Never should we pass by one suffering soul without seeking to impart to him the comfort wherewith we are comforted of God. It is fellowship with Christ, personal contact with a living Saviour, that enables the mind and heart and soul to triumph over the lower nature. Tell the wanderer of an almighty hand that will hold him up, of an infinite humanity in Christ that pities him. It is not enough for him to believe in law and force, things that have no pity and never hear the cry for help. He needs to clasp a hand that is warm, to trust in a heart full of tenderness. Keep his mind stayed upon the thought of a divine presence ever beside him, ever looking upon him with pitying love. Bid him think of a father's heart that ever grieves over sin, of a father's hand stretched out still, of a father's voice saying, Let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace. Isaiah 27 verse 5 Join us again next time as Clive Nash continues to read from the book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen G. White. Enjoy the short presentation on the history of the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. George Whitfield made a greater impact in his ministry in America than in England. And in the 18th century, apart from the monarchy, he was perhaps the best known name on the whole of the East Coast. Virtually every man, woman and child had heard the great itinerant priests at least once. He preached over 18,000 sermons in the course of his life. At the age of 55, in 1770, he was still preaching regularly despite ill health. He once famously said, I would rather wear out than rust out. He died whilst on a trip to America in Massachusetts and is buried in the crypt of the Old South Presbyterian Church, Newburyport, Massachusetts. John Wesley, on the other hand, chose to stay here in England, and through the course of his long ministry, he would have a huge impact here. After he settled in London, John Wesley lived in this house here. However, he spent most of his time away from here, traversing the country on horseback, preaching and visiting the numerous small Bible study groups that he had set up. Through the course of his life, it is estimated that he traveled over 240,000 miles on horseback, often reading as he rode so as not to waste time. He once said, the world is my parish. These words are engraved on his statue outside his home. He explained this by saying that wherever he was in the world, it was his duty to witness and minister there. 
Prayer was an integral part of John Wesley's life and he wanted a special place to pray, so he had an extension built on the back of his house. You can see it today around the back, protruding out the back. You know, sometimes today, those of us who own houses, we sometimes will build a bigger kitchen, a bigger living area, or a bigger garage if we have some money. And yet Wesley took the time and money that he had to build a special place dedicated for prayer. This room is sometimes called the engine room of Methodism, and you can visit it today and pray there where John Wesley used to pray every day. It is sometimes said that big things come in small packages. John Wesley was only five foot three or 161 centimeters, yet he was a giant of a man. He never intended to start his own denomination, and yet the movement that started as just a collective of small Bible study groups mushroomed into its own denomination. He died on the 2nd of March, 1791, and as he lay dying with his friends surrounded them, he grasped their hands and said repeatedly, farewell, farewell. Then summoning up all his strength, he said, the best of all is God is with us. Then raising his arms one last time, he said, the best of all is God is with us. To Wesley, it was granted to arouse the church in England from a state of stagnation and backsliding. And yet he was faithful in this duty. Two things that stand out from his life and ministry are the importance of the preaching of the word and the importance of small group Bible study. These two methods, I believe divinely ordained, if done today, will cause the same revival in our lives and ministry that they caused back then. Wherever you are, whether it's preaching the word in your home church or in your home area, or whether it's doing small group Bible study in your family or in your home or in your workplace or amongst your friends, be faithful in doing these things for that we can have the same revival that Wesley had several hundred years ago and God can use those methods again today in our lives. more episodes in this series on the Reformation, go to lineagejourney.com.